Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Boyne Cast. I'm Josh Bland and I'm joined as ever by my good friend Alex Newton. How are you doing today, mate? I'm very good, thank you. I'm buoyant after a England victory in a World Cup qualifier against uh, Poland last night where the country needed a hero, Josh. They needed somebody yeah. to step up to lead the nation, to get them on the front foot towards qualification yeah. for the World Cup. Up steps, Sir Harry Maguire, OBE, MBE, bloody brilliant footballer in my eyes. Thoughts? Look, I wondered how long it was going to take for this to come up, but I'm glad it's come up in the first sort of 10 seconds. Um, look, uh, yes, it was a you know an important win for England, a, a, a win that puts them you know, in control of the group, but you have to ask at what cost. Don't you? you know, it, I mean, Maguire, who... who <sighs> He'd be my captain at the tournament. Yeah. I mean, it's worth worth saying, if you're not aware of why this has been brought up on a West Bromwich Albion podcast, you're not too fond of Harry Maguire, are you? Well, look, I've got nothing against the man personally. I just think he's one of the most limited footballers that this country has ever seen. It was a great finish. Uh, It it was. Not a a finish of a limited footballer in my eyes. Well, but that's all he does, isn't it? He just sort of hoofs the ball. He was trying to clear it, Alex. I don't, I, you, sorry, you're telling me you wouldn't want your shog to hoof the ball into the net regular? Well, do you know what? We've I, I've gone a, a, about what feels like a decade without having a striker and for a player for Albert who hoofs the ball <laughs> into the net on a regular basis. I can I can deal with it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good international break. It was a shame that um, old Sammy Johnston didn't get a get, didn't get a run out, but you know. Sailor looks like Nick Pope is the number one, but we're not here to talk about England, Alex, are we? We're here to talk about the mighty West Bromwich Albion. And it's going to be a bit of a different format this week yet again, because obviously international football wreaks havoc with, with podcasts like ours. So what we're going to do is we're going to switch the order a bit, talk a, a bit about some of the Albion news that's happened over the last couple of weeks, preview the Chelsea game, and then we'll get to all of your lovely fan questions. Does that sound all right with you, Alex? Well, yeah. I mean, I haven't got a choice, really. You, you ask the questions, don't you, I guess? I do. I do. I set the agenda. You call here, the right? shots, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. your packet size the same as well. <laughs> Indeed. All right, come on then. Let's chat. Um, uh, interesting bit of news emanating from China over the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's stuff that's, I think, actually gone under the radar somewhat amongst Albion supporters. But um, Gracian Lai and the, the company that he heads up, Palm Sports, obviously owns another uh, a football club over in China. Um, it looks like they are having their license revoked. Um, from the from the third tier under uh, what seems like and this is you know basically based off <laughs> the analysis of a couple of sort of Chinese finance experts on, on Twitter and football business experts that I follow it would appear that the Chinese government is not particularly impressed with some of the investments that Guoshan Lai and Palm have been making especially abroad and it would appear that they are that he's certainly under scrutiny from the Chinese government so it's um I guess, Alex, we don't really know what this, what the upshot is going to be for Albion, but it is more signs that our ownership is, as if we didn't already know it, less than stable and less than fit for purpose to, to lead this sort of what needs to be a new revolution. Uh, yeah, the next it's season, strange, yeah. isn't it? Because we don't know, we've never known all the ins and outs, have we, of Groch and Loy and the ownership. And, you know, it's not just his name. I think there's Lee Pugh and I think there's um, a few others as well. And obviously kind of 10, 15 years ago, there was this big Chinese revolution, weren't there, especially into the Premier League and then more so into their own league. And I think as that's been 
kind of over the last few years. I think they've brought in a cap, haven't they, on what players can be played and who can be brought. And it's obviously not as lucrative for players to move there. I mean, some really big names went there, didn't they? When the wages started going through the roof, the likes of um, Oscar from Chelsea, uh, Ramirez from Chelsea, Hulk. I'm sure you could reel off a few of us, Josh, putting you on the spot. Uh, Anderson Talisca went over there. Paulinho used to play for Spurs. Uh, oh, others. I mean, I mean, people like Salomon Rondon, obviously. Oh, Carrasco as well. Now he's gone back to Atletico Madrid. But like people like Rondon, sort of went over there on the back of it. I think as the you know after some of these regs have been brought in. But I mean, obviously, the Chinese government is really, really hot on what foreign investments, being sort of like a sort of post-communist, quite nationalist economy. They're, they're wary of of what sort of foreign investments that people like Grey Channel are making. And it is clear that, you know, the government aren't best pleased with them. Yeah, and it was done in, I guess, good stead. I think China set out a, a really good programme in terms of grassroots football, um, the infrastructure, the league, the broadcasting, how it's kind of shown around the world. Um, I think they had, you know, pretty strong aspirations to host the World Cup and still, I think, do. Um, but the problem you've got, it does feel like that bubble's starting to burst now. And I guess, obviously, news from, let's say, that part of the world, your kind of Korea's um, and China's, it's all a bit secretive and kind of the news only gets out what they want you to hear. It's very drip-fed. It's very... Um, I don't want to call it propaganda. I don't think Albion's run by a dictator sort of thing. But, you know, you don't hear much, do you? And uh, you don't certainly don't seem to hear too much of the bad news. But there has been a few murmurings over the last few weeks of kind of discontent with the government. There was obviously the story, what was it now, probably about six months ago, where it started to ramp up again, that he was interested in selling the club to, I think there was a potential American buyer on the table. The problem you've got is that, you know, Grosjean Lloyd doesn't want to invest in the club. He wants to sell the club, but without investing in the club, he's not going to get the money that he wants for the club. And you just end up in this... You know, Vicious Cycle, he obviously wants to sell that club as a Premier League asset, which, you know, looking like we won't be in a couple of months' time, which probably takes, you know, 20 30% off the value of the club straight away. Um, I mean, I guess over the last, how long has he been here now? Four, five years or so. I mean, we're not a bad Run club, look, you only have to look down the road at Birmingham City this week who have took, yeah. what, is it a 12, 15-year loan out on their own stadium? Um, yeah, well, well, look, I mean, good. to that end, the, the club's accounts were published this week yes. and there's been, you know, there's been some analysis of them and yes, that you know, they've made a loss, but we're not in, we're not in debt. We're okay. <laughs> um, yeah, for now. I mean, the, the problem comes, I guess, Alex, with, with, I mean, look, I think the upshot to this is going to be that he's going to be, uh, he's only going to hasten the process by which I think he's looking to sell the club. I think the problem will come when we stop getting Premier League money. So not now, but in three years time, when perhaps if we're still in the championship, the, the, the parachute payments run out and all of a sudden we've got an owner who will not put any money into the club, expects it to be self-sustaining. And that is just not sustainable. Um, at championship level so yeah it's going to be very very interesting indeed I personally don't think he will be our owner I, I mean I personally think we'll be taken over within the next couple of seasons anyway but one to keep an eye on for sure uh, another little story for us to keep an eye on Alex um, emerging today it looks like Albion according to the Brazilian press 
and so take this with a sort of slight pinch of salt, uh, are looking to cash in on Matis Pereira. We had we had this discussion uh, last week, didn't we, about which players you know could stick it out at Premier League level, and I think Albion you know quoted a price of about twenty five million for one of their key assets, um, it, a, a significant profit, a significant amount of money uh, for a player who is you know he's been fantastic for us really over the past couple of seasons. Obviously, would be sad to see him go there. Yeah, of course, but he's too good for the championship. He's a Premier League level quality player, shown it in glimpses without being completely consistent this season, but how much of that is the team around him? I think you could drop him into most Premier League teams and he wouldn't look out of place. Um, Yeah, I mean, if 25 million comes in for him, I guess the club's hands are tied at that point, aren't they? Because, you know, we mentioned last week about the players that we'd, we'd sell on. The likes of Grant, D and Garner, I think are going to be staying around. And they're good players for the Championship. So, you know, your main sellable asset is Pereira. And I think, you know, 25 million, is that kind of where you'd, you know, what's the least you'd take for Pereira in the summer? Um, I was wondering, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, this isn't like Sam Johnston, who is another player who I think will leave, where we're going to be very limited in what we can get for him because basically his contract situation. Pereira's tied down for a long time. I think he's done enough to prove him that he is easily a Premier League player. I'd be looking for at least 20 million. And if we can push up to about 25, I think that'd be very, very good. A good deal for the club. And I wouldn't be grudging that move either. No, no, no. Because I don't think there's ever been any sort of, you know, he came with it as a player with a reputation of having maybe attitude issues and, We've seen none of that. We've, the, the Pereira that we've seen on the pitch is always grafted. He's always been, you know, he's trapped back. He's been, he's been, you know, he's been fantastic, really. He's been the outstanding player, really, over this two seasons. Um, so, no, I, of course, I wouldn't begrudge him a move to a, to, a, to a bigger club at all. Speaking of um, bigger clubs. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> I mean, you beat me to the punch. Um, look, yeah, Albion obviously resuming Premier League action this weekend. It seems like it's been ages. It's been a blessed relief, to be honest. But we're back uh, and the assignment could not be much tougher going away to Stamford Bridge, could it, Alex? Uh, no, definitely not. We're on a three-week unbeaten run. It'd be nice to uh, keep that going. Uh, Chelsea, they're good at football under Tommy yeah. Tuchel. Um, they're just... Unbeaten in his first 12 games, that would be. They've not lost yet. Yeah, um, that's due- hey, hey, Alex, they're due one. They are. Um, they were due one at half-time in the reverse fixture when we were 3-0 up at half-time and drew 3-3. Guess what score yeah. I'm going to be going for this week? Um, yeah, look, <laughs> I, I think, you know, the game's now, from now to the end of the season, how many times have we said on the podcast, you know, this is a massive game, it's do or die, six-pointer, etc., etc. I'm actually at the point now where I just want to see us go down with a bit of fight because we are going to yeah. go down with... 10 points off safety with uh, 10 games left. Other teams are picking up points, looking in better shape than we are. And one of those teams in much better shape are Chelsea. I mean, we've got a little bit longer this week to do the preview. You just want to touch on what you think of, obviously, uh, Frank Lampard was sacked. Thomas Tuchel brought in two or three months ago. Um, Very split the fan base and I kind of liken it I guess to the Darren Moore situation in yeah. to a way of you know it's his club legend who the fans can really get behind he gets the club he gets the connection he gets what the fans want but maybe a little bit limited as a manager and we've seen with Tuchel now what he's doing with that group of players right I think so. Look, I mean, the, the first thing I'll say on this is that I don't necessarily buy the whole Tuchel revolution thing. I don't think he's done 
I mean, uh, what more do you want like from this? him? He's unbeaten in twelve. Yeah, I, I know, I know, and the, the results sort of speak for themselves. But he's not. I mean, essentially, he's coming to a squad of players that was the most heavily invested in the entire country uh, this summer, and I. D- I guess, I mean, he's not, tactically, he's not switched that much up. I just, I just think what what has happened at Chelsea is they've got a very talented squad. And don't get me wrong, I think Tuchel is, is, a, is a good manager with a very good track record. And I'll say that now. But I think clearly from the reports that were coming out towards the end of Lampard's reign is that senior players, I think people like Rudiger were going to, you know, above Lampard's head to say, you know, this guy's out of his depth. He doesn't know what he's doing. And it was, there was clearly sort of a strong element of toxicity around the place. And in a similar way to, I, I guess, you know, even when Darren Moore first came in, he sort of, he did a really good job sort of quelling the toxicity and creating sort of, you know, sort of resetting the team's sort of ethic. Um, and I think that's what above all, the, the sort of the big achievement of Thomas Tuchel so far has been. And this is, as Thomas Tuchel, by the way, who is someone who has been notorious elsewhere in, in Paris and Dortmund for not getting on with members of the club hierarchy and stuff has really managed to I'm sure that'll go well at Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. What but what has so far this season I think been quite a disparate team of very talented sort of individual players playing in a much more coherent way and and, and playing you know just much as a cliche sort of singing off the same shape to a certain extent. So yeah I, I think Lampard got the job too soon. Like there's a really, really good piece of analysis that Jamie Carragher's done. And I think it's somewhere on the Sky Sports website where he says, like, you know, he's talking about Gerrard and, and the Liverpool job. And he went, yeah, I'd love to see Stephen Gerrard as Liverpool manager, but I'd like to see it in 10 years when he's, you know, succeed. He's proven yeah. that he's good enough as a manager. And I think it's the same thing with all of these club legends. It's why I'm why I'm sort of more sceptical about people sort of like what, clamoring for Derek McInnes. He's really only ever had a, you know, a, he's done a sort of decent job at Aberdeen. It, it, there's a real clamouring from fans. It, it's a trend, sort of not just for Albi, but around the country, for to see their sort of you know club legends come back. And I, I, I completely agree with Carragher. I, I want to see marriage managers in positions on merit, and and that is how you, um, that is how you sort of succeed as a club and, and win trophies. So yeah, um, it's an interesting one. And Chelsea, look, I think apart from Man City, there's no team that I'd. <laughs> like us to be playing less at this stage. I mean, the, the the run that they're on, I think it is. Lampard's last game was that one at Leicester, wasn't it? And they've unbeaten in 12 since. They've not had to go out of the Champions League in that time. They look really, really good. They look really, really hungry. And he looks like, as I said, he's finally managing to mould some of these really talented players like Ziyech and Havertz and, and Werner into a much more coherent unit. And that spells trouble for the Albion this weekend and I think the league over the next couple of seasons more generally. Uh, yeah, definitely. And looking towards this weekend's game, um, any plans to stop them? I guess let's have a look at the Albion. Standpoint. I mean, it's going it's to have to be the same as the Liverpool and the City game, isn't it? It, it, it just it, it has to be. Um, a bank of five, a bank of four and a one. Yeah, it, I mean, it would be suicide to do anything else, I think, at this stage. Um I just think they've got such a wealth of attacking talent. I mean, I don't, I think they're weak point. I, I don't particularly rate them defensively. I know two, they've kept a hell of a lot of clean sheets since Tuchel's taken over, but I still, I think they, they lack, they comparatively lack quality in their back line. And I think they, they are vulnerable in behind. 
I just don't think we have a kind the kind of player who will start that's going to cause them that sort of issue. Because I think Diagne obviously wants the ball to feet and wants sort of runners off him. So yeah, I think it's very much going to be attritional stuff, sit back, blocks of you know banking up and, and trying to get goals from set pieces, which to be fair has worked against big story teams of our season. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting what you said, Alex, about feeling almost like. I don't want to say I don't care about the game because that's not true, but I, I, it's it's a bit sort of like I'm aware that it's happening. Yeah, I'll it's the in. least of my worries. If we lose, yeah. it's whatever, and kind yeah. of let's get this season over and done with. I guess at this point, I mean, if we, I can't believe I'm saying this. If we win, I you think, think you know. If we if we win, it's a it's a curiosity of a result, isn't it? That I don't think will result in us reviving our season. I think that it would take us winning two or three on the spin for, for me to start, you know, sit up and, and take, you know, seriously start going, okay, it's on. Um, just just but, curious. Yeah. I'll remember that I mean, next got, week. Well, we've got a tough run of games as well, haven't we? But, but yeah, no, I, I mean, we won't win is, is, the, is, the, is the top line here. So, though we were saying, weren't we, you know, they're due one. Yeah. Oh, we won't win. We won't <laughs> win. Are we due some fun right. questions? Let's do some fan questions and then we'll come back to the predictions, I think. Lovely. Old job. Uh, some great questions this week. So a bit of silly, a bit of the Chelsea game. We'll tie in some of the uh, Chelsea game. Uh, Daniel Tudge, with proper football back, which Chelsea player will get sent off for kicking a ball at an Albion player's head and which Albion <laughs> player will laugh the most? I mean, it's one of the greatest Premier League moments of all time, uh, Fabregas, yeah. with um, a great bit of panache. You're so yeah. delicately uh, lofted, yeah. And he couldn't. Uh, I mean, if he was aiming for Brun's head, it's the best pass I've ever seen. Yeah, but I think and you've got and you've got to assume you've got. Well, to be fair, you've got to assume a player of Fabregas's quality. You know, educated under Wenger in in La Masia, he's got the technique, he's got the ability, he's done it on purpose, and it, it's yeah. I mean, it's one of my favourite ever Albion moments. Huh? Okay, Absolutely. who are you, you fancying this weekend to do it? Timo Werner. Timo oh. Werner, and I'll tell you why. Trying to shoot at goal? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I've, I, it's a long-standing argument I have with my younger brother, who's a big aficionado on German football. I think Timo Werner's crap. Now, I'm fully aware that he's going to score a hat-trick against us this weekend. That's how the world works. But I just don't think he's very good. He'll be smarting from last night because he missed the sitter against Macedonia. So, do you know what? Yeah, Timo Werner. He's, he's, well, he's, uh... You've just answered the next question that was from Daniel as well, saying, will Werner score against us? I mean, he's going to now. Oh, yeah. I mean, now that I've said that, of course he will. But, you know, he's, it still doesn't make him a good player. Scoring against the Albion is, is, is the lowest. Oh, yeah, that is, a, that is a low bar. Damien Cunningham, uh, what's your take on a white chocolate Easter egg? Easter this weekend. Are you, are you, are you fond of the old Easter egg chocolate? I mean, I, I'm not a big, a massive chocolate guy. I mean, look, no, I'm more I, I like an Easter egg. Yeah, yeah, I'm more sweets as well. But you only want one Easter like... egg, right? Yeah, I mean... Uh, two's I, greedy. Yeah. <laughs> two is greedy. I mean, two's obscene. I, I mean, what are, you, what are you going for in terms of your, your... What's your Easter egg of choice? Well, I got my first one today, which was very mm. nice. Uh, cream egg, which I think is just standard. Mm. It's, a, it's yeah. just say like, you know where you stand, right? But yeah, I mean, I've got a on this podcast is just and saying I don't like cream eggs. I don't bizarre. Know, bizarre. 
It's just icing and chocolate. It's grim. <laughs> Two great things. <laughs> but no, I'm a, I'm a classic dairy milkman. Or no, mini eggs. Mini eggs egg yeah. is what I want. So is it a no yeah. to the white chocolate Easter? It's too much white chocolate, yeah, right, isn't it? And white chocolate, I, I used to hate it. I can do it in small amounts now. It's so sweet. You can't, you can't, surely you can't be like chowing ch- No, no polishing off a whole white chocolate Easter egg in one sitting, right? No, no. No chance. Uh, <laughs> Liam Dunn, what is the greatest TV theme ever? Great question. Great question. Can I think about that and come back to it? Yeah, I mean, you've got about probably three minutes more of fan questions. Okay, I'll, I'll, we'll come to it before Jesse. Yeah, uh, match of the day was the one that just immediately... Oh, shit, yeah. It probably is match of the day. Yeah, I don't think... I've been mean, it's quite cliche, isn't it, but... It's oh, the one that's the most evocative. Oh, the Champions League theme tune. Yeah, but very I guess good. Is that really a TV theme? Uh, the Premiership. Like... I mean, Beautiful Day for the Premiership. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that takes me ITV. back. Yeah. And very the Championship as well. They used it for the Championship yeah. when they had that. That was quality. I quite like um, it's TV more generally. Big fan of the theme tune from... Did you ever watch Westworld? Uh, no, I was a normal child, but go on. No, no, no. What you see, it was like a Sky series a couple of years ago. It had a banging theme tune. Oh. And do you know what? I really like the chase, uh, the the pointless theme tune as well. Absolutely oh, I mean, banging. that is the most you. Uh, <laughs> it's the most fun you get, isn't it? Really, pointless. Oh, I love pointless. Look, I am really trying to wrap this record up before quarter past five, so I can go downstairs and watch pointless. <laughs> Maybe <Thinking> reapply. <laughs> that would be so. It, it would be. It would be great. Seeds. Uh, Chris Plant, if you had. Uh, had to fight two current players. Who would you fight? One for the player you'd fancy your chances against, and the second player, the one you'd least like to have a scrap with. So, is that Albion player or just in general? Uh, well, you'd say current player. Should we keep it to Albion? Not that well, I'd keep want to fight Al- any of them, but no, I wouldn't. I'd. I mean, because the player that I most want to fight is Harry Maguire. He would, uh, he would knock you out. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he would. He would. I mean, he's he's, already, he's been dumping knocking people out in Greece, hasn't he? Allegedly. Oh, so, yeah. Allegedly, so, yeah. Um, what are we going to say? Albion. I'd probably most like to fight Kieran Gibbs. Always. Because I think, yeah, you could just snap Smart. him. Connor Townsend um, just seems too nice. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think he's. Yeah, he's. Only, I found. It, I thought he was sort of a. I didn't realise this. He's only about five foot six as well. Yeah. I mean, I might be Peter Crouch, but... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, um, no, I think... Give, oh, who's the hardest? Probably Carl Bartley. Oh, no, you're coastly. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's it. So, no, I reckon... Or, D- uh, or, D- or, D- or Dianya, to be fair. Yeah, I reckon he could Six go. foot four of pure muscle. I reckon Johnston's probably got a bit of a nasty side in him. Yeah, he Keepers could. always yeah. seem to, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good question. Good question. Uh, this one is really putting you on the spot. Uh, again, we're not going to do the full eleven, but Lee Armstrong, give us your Albion Easter eleven. He's come up with uh, David Cross, Carl uh, Edwards. Uh, anymore, oh, some people. That's very good. Uh, some people uh, throw some replies. Kieran Gibson said, "Don Good Friday." Uh, that's, that, I mean, it's a stretch, but yeah. And so Masurrection. <laughs> Game worse. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Anton said the Palm Sunday training ground. Thought that was very. Thought that was good. That's nice. That's good. That. Uh, Glenn I mean, said Colton Palm Sunday. I mean, yeah, you know. that works. 
networks. I can't, yeah. Really put you on the spot there, haven't I? I mean, you really should have. You well, know. I don't know what you mean. I really should. You should have read the fan questions. Well, well. I'm not to be surprised unless it's like this. Oh, no. If, I'll Maybe see if I can think week. of something before the end of the podcast. Oh, we'll come never, up with never going to happen. A couple more Chelsea questions. Uh, all Albion fans, after a success versus Chelsea earlier in the season, would you start Robinson tomorrow and what position? And tying that in, uh, Clint McCormick. Sadly, the season peaked for me at half-time in the reverse fixture versus Chelsea. After that game, was the only time I gen- genuinely thought we would stay up was the point you believed and why. And Matt Hill, 82, just tying all these questions together. Considering Allardyce has frozen out half the squad, ruined our chances of survival by not playing the players to the players' strengths until January. Has anyone uh, really got the belief that we should keep him beyond the season's end. Now, we touched on this uh, last week, didn't we, about the players that haven't been playing under Allardyce who are going to play a key part next season, the likes of uh, Dean Garner, Grant, Robinson, etc., etc. Uh, Robinson, does he start for you tomorrow? Or Saturday, whenever we play? Probably not. I mean, the only place I would play him is maybe out wide. Um, but I think yep. Phillips has been doing a good job and Pereira has been doing a good job out wide. And he's not playing end. by Allardyce? No, so I wouldn't. I do want to see him more involved off the bench. Um, yeah, I think it's agree. bizarre that he's not... He's not he been... had a good run, right, at the start of the season. He did. And I think, actually, a lot of his best work has been off the bench, bizarrely. Um, do you know what, as well, when Allardyce first joined, and, like, obviously, the, like, the Wolves win, Robinson played, like, an absolutely instrumental role. He won a couple of penalties. He was a real nuisance. So, I think... He's useful to have off the bench just because he's a bit tricky, he's a bit different, and he does have legs. And can um, play in a few positions. Yeah, so I would like to see him get minutes, but I, 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 no, I, I wouldn't play him from the start. Uh, have you believed we was going to start up at any point this season other than the Chelsea 3-3? Three, three? Um, no? No, like I thought... I thought that if we got four points from that Fulham-Sheffield United doubleheader, then we, we, we probably could but since then it's just like yeah nothing <laughs> yeah it's made the podcast more difficult for us anyway hasn't it well it's just been a, it's Same been a podcast week. like this in like yeah in relegation seasons especially when they're as drab as this especially it's not in international even... week as well yeah thanks for listening by I mean, like the last relegation season that we did the podcast which was I mean that was a bit more fun because there's managerial changes and the club was in absolute chaos. It was Barcelona, yeah. and it was there was an it was an eventful season. Whereas this has just seen, and we're not because I think what makes it harder is not necessarily the team being bad, but us not being at games as well. I just feel yeah. this. I still feel this like disconnect. I think everyone feels this disconnect, and it's you know I don't know about you, Alex, but some weeks it is like difficult. Like it comes around to like the day before podcasting, and I'm just like, oh, I can say the same thing as I said last week that. Oh, we should yeah. be better defensively. We, we showed glimpses, but not enough. Diagna was yeah. offside too many times. But uh, yeah. but something that's consistently every week and always delivers, Jesse, at the pitch control. One night stand, marry one, kill one. It's a board game special. Nice. Uh, backgammon, Ludo right. and Checkers. I've never played any of them. What? What do you mean? <laughs> You've never played Ludo. You must have played. No. Uh, have you played Frustration? No. What? 
Sorry, what did you do as a child? Just read like, I don't know, like Mozart operas or whatever he did. Read Mozart operas. Yeah. No, yeah, no, I, you know, just, you know, read my encyclopedia. Did you um, have friends football as a, a kid or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because no, no. <laughs> all of them you explicitly need at least two players for. Yeah. No, to be fair, like the board games that I was into when I was a kid, I mean, I was never big on board games, to be fair. I used to, I used to, I used to be all like semi play Monopoly, I guess, a little bit of chess. So, oh, never... so chess is just highbrow checkers, right? Basically, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I'll rank these. Uh, I've never played backgammon, which is the only one I've never played. It's got like the arrows on the board, hasn't it? Um, Ludo, Mario, great game. Uh, checkers, one night stand with. Nice, 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 nice. Right. That just about brings the podcast to a close. I mean, you're right. I, I absolutely could not think of any sort of, and I'm, like, I'm sort of really trying to drag it out now to see if I can sort of think of one, but I can't think of any sort of Easter related shtick. So, sorry. You've sorry. only you've <laughs> let yourself down and everybody else. I have. Speaking it's, of it's letting us better, down, what's the score going to be the weekend? <laughs> Ah, yeah, I nearly forgot. Um, well, I'm. Well, do you want to go first? You three, three. To go first. three, yeah. three. I mean, I called it earlier in the season. I'll call it again. Genius. I'm going to go the most routine of two nil wins for Chelsea. Oh, it's going to be so routine. At the double. So Runner routine. At the double. Of course. Yeah. Cool. Watching right. the game well, on TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you beat me to it. Yeah. No, I'll be. I'll be doing exactly the same thing. It's just, it's just gonna, it's, I'm, it's pissing me off. It's an early kickoff as well because it's gonna ruin my Saturday. Even like, earlier all... than normal. Yeah. Oh, but, well, I mean, the week after Southampton away on the Monday night, bit of MNF for the Albion. Oh, love it, love it. I bet Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville are licking their lips at the prospect. <laughs> I bet they can't wait. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for joining me this week, mate. No problem. And thank you, listeners, as ever, for tuning in. We'll speak to you at a very similar time next week. Boing, boing, and cheerio.